Listener Production. You are listening to episode 204 of the Howie Games Part B, featuring Collingwood Premiership coach Craig McRae. Roll it, Tommy. How are you finding this talking about yourself so far? How's it going? That's going beautifully. Okay. Maybe a little bit less about me. Okay, well, we'll talk about... What about you, Howie? What's going on with you? Well, the first it's funny. The, the first thing you walked in here and you said, oh, you've just finished the cricket. There's not long with footy. And you said, how's your balance? And it's, it's, mm. it's a really good question in 2024, I think, for everybody, isn't it? How's your balance? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, because, like, your role, I, I've, I've seen and I've worked with blokes that have done it. You know, I worked with Rossi when he came out of Fremantle and, and various people, and it's like, oh, it just seems to be all-consuming. It is. So how how do you achieve the balance? It is, and this is back to you now. Yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> that was clever, wasn't it? Yeah, fifteen love. <laughs> um, Brennan Bolton went to a leadership uh, course the other day and came back with this thing about um, we're all busy. Everyone is mm. talking to one of our young players the other day, and um, I'm trying to not use the word busy. It's, it's, you've got to be careful you don't use it as a badge of honour. Hey, you going, oh, I might have been flat out oh, all summer. I've been working my ring off. I'm busy, you know, mate. I haven't seen the wife and kids. It's yeah. like, hang on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's exactly how he described it to me. So um, so I'm trying not to use the word because we all are. We'll have a different version of it. And so I'm talking to young Bo, McCre- Bo McCreary the other day and I said, what do you got on today, mate? He goes, oh, jeez, I'm busy. I said, oh, funny enough, I'm trying not to use the word, but, yeah, yeah, it's a lot going on. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'm really busy. And it's, I said, oh, what are you doing this afternoon? He goes, oh, I don't know. I might get some lunch. <laughs> this is a man without kids. Yeah. This is a man that's still having a three-hour focaccia and coffee with his mates. But, but he's busy. <laughs> well, we all think we are. And, um, but, but I think more than ever, the, the world we're living in, yeah, it's a tough world out there. And so everyone's finding less time to do things for themselves or less time to do things as a family. And, and it's a struggle. It really is. So I'm determined to try to keep finding that. I know in our schedule, I'm deliberate and we are deliberate in giving gaps. You know, we've brought in that we start um, a Tuesday late so you can drop your kids at school. Staff and coaches drop the kids at school, start at 10 o'clock. And we finish another day early so you can pick your kids up from school. And it's amazing the energy that's given our staff, including myself. It's the best day of the week to drop my little girl at school. It is. Walk in and, you know, sit. Hold oh, your hand. Oh, no, it's gold. And, and so think about that's not going to be forever. You know, so this time that's lost that I don't know for, you know, this is my 90th year in, in coaching footy and the amount of time I've lost through the way that the system's set up that, you know, we've got to work to the bone and you've got to code the game after the game at midnight because we need a meeting at 7 a.m. It has to be ready. That is not going to be the environment I'm involved in. So I'm trying to create a schedule. We are trying to create a schedule where there's air and balance. Now, what you do within that time including myself, I'm struggling to find the right amount of balance yeah. and what that looks like. Um, but family first is a, a thing we have at our club. So any decisions around family, they come first. Completely separate path. Talking about family first, you have daughters. Mm-hmm. Is anyone going to Taylor Swift? Yeah, I've got... I've Are got, you going? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I now, I've got questions for you now. Okay, okay. before you go into this. So I'd promised my daughter yep. tickets and then I got busy and I didn't get the tickets. Right. And I was like, shit. So I hope my boss is not listening. On the second T20, I thought, right, I've got to do something about this. So I announced, we're on the world feed, so it goes everywhere, that I need some Taylor Swift tickets. <laughs> and I now have secured some. Well done. Um, via a very friendly person that was listening to the cricket that could no longer go, got yep. in touch via email. 
uh, told my daughter and uh, I was in Perth and I rang her and said, oh, I just, I just got to send you a text message and I sent her a message of the ticket. And she declared it. Now, her mum, who is a Trojan and a Wonder Woman, has been with those kids all summer doing everything. And I've sent a text message of the ticket to which my daughter declared it the single greatest moment of her life. And I'm thinking, yeah. this is good for me as a dad, but I think we need to show mum a little bit more love. It's what you're talking about, about balance and family. And I, I that was my best moment of my whole summer yeah. was thinking how excited my daughter was and that I'm going to be able to share it with her and we're driving up together and we're yeah. going together, we're staying in town. Yeah. No, this you is, can't get that stuff back. Can you? I guess you can get a footy training session back, but you can't get that back. Yeah, and that's the essence of what we're trying to do at the club is that you know, we've got all the kids in there and the families come to school holidays, they're running water with it and it's just giving them the place a whole different feel and... Yeah, you know, all the wives and and partners are there. I, I, I'll share a story. Please, um, Alex Pendlebury's uh, mum, Wendy. Yep. Wendy came to. to um, this is a couple of years ago. Now we just try to do some after matches. COVID had just been, and uh, Alex Pendlebury comes up. And says, I fly. I just introduced you to my mum. I said, "Oh, lovely to meet you, and nice to meet you, Wendy." And my wife was there, and and she goes, "Oh, um, yeah." Wendy goes, "Oh, this is the first time I've been to the club since Scott's played." And you've been there forever. 16 years at that stage. And I thought, wow, we're getting somewhere. Yeah, like, this is cool. This wow. is cool. Yeah, like, you're all welcome and you're starting to feel safe and valued and appreciated and the families are in. Anyway, within about six weeks, there's Alex Penner's cousins and uncles and aunties and everyone, and it become this real big thing after match that so we got this family feel about the But place. that's what, like... I live in a small country town, Bowen Hedge. You go into the rooms afterwards, yeah. that's what that is. Yeah. That comes back to telling your kids to have fun playing footy. That's what it is. Your uncle's there and your, your brother's there and your wife's there. Yeah. Yeah, and we wanted to make it feel like that. I wanted to feel like a country footy club, we, you know, to the point where we almost have a meat tray raffle at the end of the game, you know. <laughs> so we went from the MCG back to our facility and it just got bigger and bigger and, and to the point where it, it just feels like a club. And I felt footy doesn't always feel that way. And and we've we've brought everyone in, the kids and family. So that end of that year we play in a prelim final and all our partners go as well. So we don't travel much, I say that out loud. So but the partners go with their kids. We lose by one point to Sydney. Stunning game of football. Great, great game of footy. Gotta admire what Colling would have done yeah. in the last quarter. Sydney are gonna go into the grand final, they're gonna win it by a point. The siren sounds. Sydney are there. Collingwood miss out by a point. Congratulations to Sydney. But that's as good an effort from a football club who are down and out. They're on the canvas. It was a standing nine count almost. And they come back and they almost pinched it. I'd never been involved with a game where you lose a final and the whole crowd claps you off. And 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 that's we talked about being winners. And winning's not always on the scoreboard. And, and we found ways to reference winning without the scoreboard. But the whole crowd clapped us off. And we 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 yeah, tail between the legs. We didn't quite. We weren't quite good enough. I get in the rooms, and there's this emotion. You know, there's this tears flowing, and there's emotion. And I didn't want to look at my wife because I knew I'd cry. And there's there, and I'm trying to console people and be stoic. And and then um, I, I was overwhelmed by emotion when I saw my wife. But then I saw Jack Crisps, little girls playing chasey, running around the change rooms, and I thought, no, we'll be okay. We'll be okay because. When th- something goes really well in your life, who do you ring? Family. Family. When th- something goes bad, who do you ring? Family. 
family. And so we've got our family there when things go well. Grand final day, what a great experience. They're all singing the song with us. And when things go bad, prelim final year before, they're there for us as well. So we don't fall as far. I We, we could go through um, your, your vast gain of experience, but let's just say you are Collingwood. You, you're the coach now. I, I did want to ask you about how you address a loss, but you've explained to me that I wanted to ask you about that game. Just in that first year, before we get to the successful year, I just had a look on AFL tables, it's called. It's got everything when you're trying to commentate a game. So you start a senior coach, had two wins, and people forget this, and then there's three losses. So your game, three, four, and five, are losses. At that point, when it's the biggest club in the land and you've had three losses, and I'm sure you've got things you're sticking to, does it start to weigh on you or or not? How does the pressure of three losses go five games in your coaching career? Yeah, it was heavy. I do re- remember we lost the West Coast to it. Funnily, I don't know if they won too many more games that year. Um, but there, this is the reality of sport. And now, I reflect on it now, and I'm, I'm more aware of it now than ever, that people forget the struggle of success. They well, do. I had. I, I If you'd said to me, Craig lost three of his first five games, I would have thought, no, nah, no, nah. as soon as he got there, they started winning. No, and, and and it's not the case. And and same as last year, we had struggle. We had no Ruckman for six weeks. There's struggle and there's ebbs and flows. You lose three of the last five games this year or just go on. No, that, I, I don't lose sight of that year. And there was another period where we lost two in a row, including a Friday night game. Yep. And we're, I don't even know what we were on the ladder, but um, we, we, we weren't going so well. I remember going to a board meeting. We just lost two in a row. We might have been like, you got it there, have you? Well, I actually took a photo of it for that reason. So 1-1, one, one, lost three, one, two, then lost two more. Lost yeah. by 27, so, 48. So we were on the ladder at that stage? 11th on the ladder. Tommy's all over it. And you've lost five of your first nine games. Yeah, so we're five and four or something like that. Yeah, so I don't remember that. Yeah, like I don't that. remember oh, that. I do. I never, oh. well, and then it's one by four points, four points, 11 points, five points, seven, five, yeah. five, four, four, but we can get to that. We, so, won, yeah. we won 10 in a row right, from so, that point. So there's a board meeting. Yeah, so, so uh, just before the board meeting, that, so we lost it on a Friday night. Um, we had a few guys sick. Pendles was a late withdrawal. And, and if you look at the team we put out there, it was really an experienced team and, and we're in a, f- a formation of trying to change game plan and things. I remember um, – this is this is a defining moment for this group. That uh, that I was home. We played Friday night, Saturday morning. I couldn't get out of bed, and I'm just going. Oh, I can't get out of bed, and I'm just tossing and turning of what to do. Yeah, you know, what's the next move? And my wife comes and gets me. It might have been lunchtime. You got to get out of bed. I said I can't. And she goes, You got the solutions, Greg. You know what to do. And I said I don't. She goes, Yes, you do. Just be you. And it was so profound. What a great wife. And uh, she's incredible. And she goes, just be you. I said, what? She goes, be positive, Greg. It's the only way through. And so I had this moment like of clarity going, right, I don't care what we've just done or what we've been, this is who we're going to be. And I rang all these assistant coaches and said, don't come on Monday and tell me what we're not doing. Go and find the evidence of the things we're going to be. Don't come and show me, yeah, this, that, and the other. So I walked in on the Monday, and with that analogy, at this stage we weren't talking deep wins, shallow losses, but on a Monday just rocking, you wouldn't know if we won or lost. I walked in with a complete and utter positivity that the group weren't ready for. Hmm. 
They were thinking they're going to get whacked and... Right, wall stop. Here comes... Hey, you blokes are smiling on the bus. <laughs> you were smiling on the bus, mate. <laughs> and now you're off the bus. <laughs> no, but it was a complete opposite of what they were expecting. And I had all this evidence of like... And it was back... If anything, I, we might have been moving too fast, thinking that the players had got what we were trying to be. Went straight back to a DNA, which we had a slide that we wanted to be. And all this evidence of us doing it from pre-season to now, and we went straight back to basics of... But the positivity was something that, like, this group was going, it was a moment like, oh, okay, all right. We, we, I, I liken um, in my time to coaching some teams that, that te sometimes teams can get depressed and, and I don't want to. As a group. As a group. I don't want to use that word in, in context because I know it's, it's so different in sport to life. No, I, I understand the context. Yeah, so, so, so sometimes there's a dog in the corner that's been kicked a few times and likes to stay in the corner and you have to just ease its way out. Yeah, and 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 pat it a bit more, and 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 reward the behaviour. And I liken this team to that. So I, I was I was patting and 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 taking the dogs for a walk, and and encouraging more than just one little strike. That dog is going straight back to the corner. And I felt this group was a bit like that. Um, yeah. So I yeah, that was the method. That was the method to go positivity, reward behaviour. Don't care what we've been, and it it really drove us. To not really just letting things go a bit. It was probably the start of it. Like, ah, yesterday's done. Today's a new day. Tomorrow's going to be this. And and then we just got to work. And like you said, we, I think we won 10 in a row. And Well, crazy close yeah, games. Yeah. Um, I'll mention them because Tommy, we ought to put her in there. So you beat Fremantle by 36. Then you beat Carlton by four. <laughs> the Pies in a Sunday special. Hawthorne by four. But the Pies are going to hang on in a thriller at the MCG. Melbourne by 26. GWS by 11. Gold Coast by five. North Melbourne by seven. Adelaide by five. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> Essendon by four. The kick is on the line. You are kidding me. You are kidding me. The Pies have done it again. This is just getting ridiculous. Put Adelaide by six. Melbourne... By seven. <laughs> the Pies with a historic win at the MCG. 11 wins in a row. Craig McRae in his first year is a fairy tale story. <laughs> it's, it's like nothing else. It is. It? It's laughable, but it was such a, you know, Jamie Elliott's kicking yeah. goals to win matches. And it's all of a sudden, I, I, I've, I've never been someone to, um, I've never had like a, Oh, I hate this. That's not me as a person. I hate Collingwood. I hate Carlton. I just, but the the thing was, when you would go to a Collingwood game to work, you knew it was going to be a great night at work because of just the whole yeah. joy that was happening. And we're finding ourselves. We didn't know what our best version looked like, but during all these close wins, we were reviewing it deep. What about the second you could have wasted there? What about that? If you we got yeah. two minutes to go, boys, we can't do this. Um, we we got to move the ball a little bit that way. What, and we we really drill down to like I've never done before so, because we're living in it so constantly and it just become a formation, a, like a foundation for what grand final days just was and the final series. We'd learned all these lessons for two years mm. of how to win close games. When we're behind, we've got to do this. And we're, we're forming this almost, I shouldn't say, but it's, it, it was such a bulletproof plan the players just knew what to do. And funnily enough, because we're in it so much, the opposition li aren't living like we are. 
And it becomes such a competitive advantage for us. And they know. Mm. That was the thing. You'd be you'd come back out of the three-quarter time break. Collingwood behind by 15 points, but X knows they are coming. Yeah. Like the whole ground. And therefore, the opposition must be in the back of their mind. Oh, it's like it's like when we used to play the West Indies and we have a fifer. You knew Dujon was going to come out and save me in a while. You just knew it was going to happen, so it would happen. Yeah, and then and then comes back to the point I made before: belief and confidence through actions. So we we kept feeding this information to them, and so there's a huge belief. Hey, we're the best last quarter team in the competition by far. Yes, doesn't matter what that scoreboard's saying. Let's get the method now. We know we have a system and a method in place, plus the belief. Then you get outcomes like that. So it's, there's so many ups and downs. Let's, um, because I can't have you here for all day as much as I'd love to, let's skip to the the sugar hit of a grand final. Uh, tell me something in grand final week that had a positive impact on you around the club, the group, the supporter base, something where you thought this is good. There's so many flashbacks. You used to think about the crowd that turned up to our training session. Yeah, they're bringing out a movie, Howie. It's coming out. It'll be out 28th of Feb, I think. Right. And I got to see the last um, cut of it a couple of days ago. Like a Collingwood? A Collingwood movie, a documentary around our final series plus the journey of last year. Did it give you goosebumps? Yeah. It'll take you, you'll, you'll laugh and, and cry. Well, I cried. Good. <laughs> and and it shows, it follows around, you know, Pendles, myself, Darcy Moore and Nick Dacos huh. uh, for the final series. And it just tells a bit of a story. It takes us a bit deeper than what you've got. And so some of the stuff is close to my memory because I've just watched this. But yep. the, the crowd at grand final week, uh, the parade, um, that I don't think the footage does the parade justice. Living it, I've, gone, I've never seen that many people, Collingwood supporters in one place mainly. That that that, that was such a memory. Um it was an incredible time. And then obviously um, it's been well publicised, but you had an unusual grand final morning because you had a baby. Yeah. Well, my wife went into labour in the car on the parade. On, on the actual parade? Yeah. And she didn't tell me about it. She just said she'd got some stomach cramps. Um, you didn't put two and two together? No, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, I guess your focus might have been elsewhere, but how, how pregnant was She's she? She's panting there. Are you okay? <laughs> how, how pregnant was she? She was due the next day. She was due grand oh, final day. and she said stomach cramps and father yeah. of the year, he didn't, husband, he didn't pick yeah. up on that. Yeah. I may have taken a negative and what so should be a positive there. No, no, it's true. <laughs> um, there, there was a lot of things that, are, that at that time that makes more sense now than what they did at, okay. at then. Uh, you, well, you obviously would have had a split focus as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, t- I can, and I, this is such a strength of mine, but it can be a huge weakness, is I just don't get too consumed in, Things I can't control, and I just stay really present here. I think that's I think that's a superpower. But also, it's so such it can be a weakness. But all our strengths are, aren't they? It can be a, a weakness at home. <laughs> Craig, <laughs> what about what are we doing for the pregnancy? Look, let's just. It's a long way away. We have to qualify, but and then <laughs> we have to qualify, and then and then you get and then we make the finals. Craig, what about now? Oh, look, let's make a prelim final. And then, <laughs> Craig, we've made the prelim final. What about now? Oh, look, it's the opposition saying a week late. Let's right. not worry about it. Craig. What? Happened? What? Are, it's grand final week. What? Are you, don't worry. It's gonna like to see how my strength now can You're be a weakness. The structures and processes. Yeah. I like it. So it 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 come in my eyes and and ears unexpectedly, but it's on its due date. Um, yeah, but what? what a, 
what, what, wouldn't want to change a thing. But what a way to start I your know. day. You and your wife celebrating, which is the greatest moment, days of your life. Yeah, that's right. Um, no, it was incredible. And somewhat, um, everything's going to be compared to that now. Like there's anything else that's joyful in my life, I go, yeah, it's not quite as good as that day. Uh, but uh, but how on earth, um, how on earth, it, like, and there's great vision. I, I watched the, um, I can't wait to see the doco because I watched the half an hour yesterday, which was a lot of music and lead up and players in the rooms, and then you going in there and tell them that you'd had a baby boy <laughs> when you'd actually had a girl <laughs> coach. Know. You know, I talk about legacy and, and stuff like that, and you want to leave yours, and, um, but today's the best day of my life because Kevin and I had a little baby boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at boys. <laughs> Well, that, that's, that explains like the euphoria in my head and how much I was just buzzing. Like, I, I, like you can imagine that I'm just buzzing. So there's no fear of any, and, and I must admit my personal profile, I actually have, yeah, I've done a profile, I have zero fear of failure. Right. Like, and, and it's, there's a strength. Yeah, and, and so that helps in this job. But I, so I've just got this joy and I'm, I've even seen some stuff on socials only recently after the game and I've said some stuff that's just not real. I'm just like, busting up. Yeah, yeah, we've named Maggie after the magpies. No, we didn't. <laughs> Cabrera's middle name's Margaret. Right. But it's the, it's the. Just, I'm just, like I was drunk. I was drunk on joy. Yeah. And um, so I said some strange things. Um, funnily enough, I, nothing that was affecting the game. I only just all of the silly st- stuff around the edges of it. But I was just in, in this complete clarity and, and almost in the zone like a play. When you play your best footy or, you know, you're just living and so present to everything. I could see the particles of air, you know, like. Really? I, I was so present. It was, it was crazy. Now, we have featured all sorts, all sorts of AFL folk on this podcast over the years, including James Hurd, on episode 161. My favourite player of all time, Cyril Rioli, on episode 56, and the commentary maestro, Dennis Cometti, way back on episode five. It was actually the first episode of the show we ever recorded. Now, back on episode 70, we featured the previous Collingwood coach prior to Craig, the wonderful chap that is Nathan Buckley. Yeah, you can only ever be who you are right now, and, and, and I always have been. I've never been a shrinking violet. I've always wanted to be the most of myself. Mm. Um, it's just as you go along, if you keep an open mind, you'll become more, like or different. Not necessarily more, but um, hopefully more rounded and um, and more understanding of um, of you and where you fit. So, yeah, reflecting on that, I, I yeah, I, I would like to have had the awareness I have now, but. I did the best I could with the tools I had at the time. That is Nathan Buckley on episode 70 of the show. Let's get back to Craig. I'm going to talk to you about the grand final. You answer as long as you want. Just give me brief thoughts on what I ask you as we go through the grand final. So the grand final starts. Nick Dacos kicks the first goal. Of the law. Scott, Nick Dacos. Last week was his first game in 48 days. He had a fractured kneecap. The young superstar still just 20 years of age, and this would be fitting. He takes his moment. Nick Dacos kicks the first goal of 2023 grand final. Unbelievable years. How did you deal with Nick after he hurt himself? Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? How did you deal with that? I live in this space that... I don't want to put ceilings on things. I thought it was going to be unlikely that he got back. 
what I wanted to believe that he would. And our high performance manager, Jared White, is incredible. Um, he's, he drives similar thought process around, let's not put a seal on this. But it was a, originally a eight to 10 yeah. week top injury and there, there wasn't eight to 10 weeks left. So credit to him, he he's he works like no one else at his at his game and himself. And um, yeah, referring back to this movie, you'll see it. You'll see the the struggle he had to do to get back. And there was you can see him only a couple of weeks before the final, not looking like he's going to make it. Zach Bailey kicked two. If they'd won, they would have been Luke Hodge story grand final goals. Got past the Taylor Murphy. Oh, go oh, in. Zach Bailey, pure genius. Extraordinary stuff. He's kicked two of the best goals you'll ever see. And the Lions hit the front. What's happening in the box when a bloke like Zach Bailey, who you might think is going to get 20 and play a good game, all of a sudden has kicked two in the first term? Yeah, what a player. Oh, what a player. Uh, I think I'm trying as best I can to, yeah, we, we get you know, accolades for winning, but I'm trying the best I can to make sure that Brisbane are recognised and, and history maybe won't see this, but what what an incredible game and, and small margins again. Small margins. And his goals, you know, McCarthy's goals, um, you know, Charlie Cameron's goals, the game itself, Danaher, the game itself was such a cracking game of footy. Brisbane were really gallant. And so so to see the best of the best, yeah, I'm, I'm in awe watching it. Uh, so, but in a decision-making process, how's it working in the box? It, like, is it, is it, this is what we don't see. Are you calmly saying who's on Bailey or what are we doing about this or is that does not how it works? No, Justin Leppich has got this incredible model for us he's developed where we sit down the day before and whatever scenarios in the game that we think are going to transpire, we've already got answers to them all. And it comes up like a traffic light system. Of, huh. and, and so he's developed this. So most of the things that are happening, um, goals kicked, whatever, but it's about how the goals are being kicked with. It's from you know, turnovers and transition or stoppage. And then we have, yeah, we, we, we know how Brisbane, all their strengths are in there. You know, generally they try to get territory on there and keep you hemmed in. The game wasn't really being played like that. They, we were dominating a bit of territory, and, but they were getting sort of through the back of us. So it was our defensive system was failing us at, at times. But um, the brilliance of individuals, you have a bit of a what if around it, but some of that you just can't control. It's how the ball's getting there is what you can control okay. sometimes. Yeah. Nathan Murphy gets knocked out. Heads him inside 50 again, Maynard. Murphy's built the ball out of his hands. And a free kick. Hi. He's in trouble. Accidental shot. Do you speak to him on the phone at all? No, no. I, I, I leave it and again, I'm in the moment. Yep. That's done. Can't control it. Move it to the side. Care about the individual, but at that time you can't because he's taken off for twenty minutes. So I'm just like, all right, there we go. What was our plan? Right, if we lose it back, we're moving this. I think it might have been Jack Chris was we, we need support. So we asked that question: Is that still the move that we want to do? Yeah, Crispy goes back. So there's a level of calmness because you already made the decisions. Um, but then there's always a cost. Oh, he's going quite well there. Are we sure we want to just do that? Yep. What about this? No, no, let's stick with the original plan. So that's the, you know, pragmatic approach to it. Then there's the human side. Yes. He comes back, 
being sort of gift ticked off the green light. I think he's passed the concussion test is what we've been told. He's sitting there ready to go on. So, okay, oh, good. good. And then the moment he started to get some delayed reactions and doesn't feel he's right, still don't have enough time to step outside of the game to go and console the guy, but you can't just in your head you go, oh, shit, I hope he's okay. Um, and then the, the, the game keeps moving. But if you see at the time, Pendles goes and consoles him. It was, it was a real... It really good moment. Was. It was a good moment in reflection of what we, the way we want to live ourselves and look after each other. I said to you at the start of this that if, if anything comes up that I ask or that you answer that you want to cut out, um, and this hadn't occurred to me, so answer this as you will, and if your answer doesn't come out right, we will cut it out. Um, obviously there's been, you know, we've seen Paddy McCartan retire from the game, various players retire from the game. As a, oh, as a person, do you have concerns about, someone like Nathan, like he, he wants to play footy, but then there's the other side of it. How do you approach that? Yeah, I think this there's a balance again. Um, I care about Murph more than the, him as the footballer. Yeah, of course you do. And I had this chat to money last week. said, I want the best, my best interest is you, mate. Let's, let's worry about you. Yeah, footy's a game. Yeah, life's forever. And so there's there's this level of like, comfort that we can just chat generally about that. Um, we'll support him and, you know, we'll allow him to have the time he needs to feel comfortable to be able to go out and play again. And um, we don't want to put any time pressure on. There's no time pressure needed for that. Um, he's a valuable player in our team, very valuable player, but he's he's more value as a, as a human and hopefully a father someday and a, yep. and a, and a husband and a yeah, within all that. So there's a lot more life to give. And I think I think the scary thing right now, there's so much unknown, so much unknown in, in this part of sport, but there's more being mm. more being put in your face to be worried about, isn't there? There is, yeah. as, as, a, as a parent too. Mm. Um, okay, Degoe kicks a goal for a 10-point lead uh, after the siren. I get to Degoe. Second quarter, they kick a couple of early goals. Cameron, you mentioned McCarthy. Um, and then you're down by 13, mm. which I, I didn't remember. Calling the game, you don't remember it. Seven minutes, 53 to go. Do you have a sense in the box that everything's still okay? Like It's funny because in my head, I've asked you the wrong question because I said Bailey's kick two, and I'm like, do you think about changing the player on him? But you, without even without pulling me up, you explained that it doesn't work like that. You said well, it's our defensive structures. Is everything still okay in the game at two goals down, deep in the first half? No, there was, a, there was a wave against us at stoppage. Most of it was coming from stoppage and then losing an aerial contest, losing ground level goal. That that was it. So so we're, we're, we're addressing what we're doing around the stoppage. We're addressing the aerial contest. We feel like the, the defenders aren't getting kill spoils on it. And it's hard when Dana has 204 and – you know, Howes 190, mm. whatever he is. So you can't get clear the area and they've got so much damage at ground level. So you've got to get it away from there. Soft drops, Cameron's kicking goals, soft drops, you know, they're getting involved in the game. So those are the things. Um, address the address the source, try to fix it if, if we don't. And then even the ground level, that defender's positioning, we're sort of talking through that a bit too. So half time, we sort of put that in front of them a bit. Um, but at that time, that's definitely definitely a, a thought process of, oh, geez, we've got to wrestle some momentum back here. And um, we kicked a great, I think Crispy kicked a great goal outside 50 not long after they hit 13 points up. Yeah, he did. So 
but before that, five forty seven to go. Um, Bobby Hill takes a hanger. Yeah, yeah. And then he's kicked his fourth. He can keep going. Look at this. Bobby Hill's almost out the back door. Hill! What a grab looking straight into the sun. Wow, look at that for a Hill's hoist. Spins around. Bobby goal number four. Four goals, Bobby Hill. Extraordinary scenes. So this is a bloke from the Giants, had testicular cancer. Um, He's got his own story to tell. Tell me um, about Bobby Hill. I don't know where you want to start. I, my first encounter with Bobby was the year before we wanted to get him on, on the books and um, he had Essendon in his sights and we were sort of like sitting there, yeah, first slip. And it didn't it didn't work out. Um, the Giants didn't want to do the deal with Essendon and we were trying late to come and, and it just it got too late. I was communicating with Bobby via text and when it didn't work out, I didn't I didn't drop the phone. I kept going and I just wanted to wish him well and be watching with interest. We're really keen on you, mate. And I kept the text alive throughout the year. Huh. And and not not to the point where it would have been overwhelming for him, just little bits. And when he got ill, just hoping, you know, mate, hoping things go really well, really, really thinking of you. And then, again, it's not overwhelming, but it's just enough to, to show that, hey, mate, we're we're not just this one moment care about you. We're going to be caring about you for hopefully planting seeds out. You know, if you're in our environment, we've got a level of, of love and support. Um, and then it, it just eventuated that there was a, the door opened and, and I met, met him, he's a lovely young lad, got his own struggles, got a young family. Um, yeah, and, and the, the, the world's aligned and, um, and then he got to our club. And, and one thing I noticed with Bobby when he arrived was like how much, how happy he looked. And I, and I just said, Bobby, keep smiling. And and it's like smiles. No, more. Like, come on. So he looked happy and he looked motivated. And then I started doing stuff at training going, whoa, this kid's ready to explode. Wow. So, but but having having only played 30-odd games at that stage and, and a couple of years and had a few setbacks, not a regular contributor or whatever, we felt like our environment could help him fast track a bit of that. Um and then the year goes and he plays most games and what we saw grand final day probably is a combination of the smiling and the training and the love and support and the family connected at home. And I tell you this and I can't share much more, there was a lot of struggle throughout the year for him as well. This is not all the grand final day is like all we see. But, you know, he knows the struggle for success as, as we all do. Um, but I was smiling. I was smiling with him. The Crisper, one of my favourites. I love the Crisper, who's got an unbelievable finals record. Unbelievable finals record. Kicks a goal after the siren to leave by a goal. One thought, why has Jack Crisp never missed a game when he's been at the Collingwood Football Club? Well, he should have missed a few. <laughs> like, we talked about wrestling players last year, managing them, and uh, all the like panels and these guys say, hey, go up to Crispy, tell him you're going to arrest him. <laughs> <laughs> when he's like at 220 yeah. in a row or something. Yeah. Jeremy Howe goes, do it for like, come on, and film it. The boys will love it. Because <laughs> um, he just determined not, he's got he's got this record now that he's hanging on tight to it. Even when he's like, he won't tell people he's injured, maybe, I'm not sure if that's real, but to the point, that's how focused on this record he's got. Um, but it, it it's a great example of someone that just prepares so exceptionally well to perform. Um, 
Yeah, he hasn't missed a training session almost as well. Like it's not like he's yeah, he's consistently turning up. Um obviously ability to play with, with injuries that others don't along his journey. He would have had to. Um but it's a remarkable record. And he's always whenever they discuss him, oh he was the I can't remember the deal, but he was the steak knives, etc. etc. Et Third quarter. Bobby Hill takes in the pocket. Everyone thinks he's gonna have a shot. He kicks it to Pendlebury. Two twenty six to go. Um he puts your five points up. For a first goal in the grand final, 35 out. Loves everything about it to Scotty. Collingwood back in front. Eighth lead change. Eighth, I tell you. Collingwood up by five. 10, 15, 75. Is, I remember watching that thing. There is no way Scott Pendlebury is going to miss this goal. Like, you put it in the book. Um, tell me something about Scott. Oh, Pendles is... Um, I've just seen him really, really mature and have a at ease with, with where he's at. Um, his grand final was one of his best games ever. Surely, surely, and uh, last quarter in particular. Great father, great husband. The things I see, and and just a guy that's. I think he's just really happy that he's got to finish his career like this, because it could have gone a different way. Mm. And now he's seeing the comfort in that, um, and appreciating what he's got. But he's he's an incredible teacher. And coach, like I, I feel like he's an assistant coach, and I, I've built a relationship with him. I feel really comfortable to share anything with him, and vice versa. Yeah, what an asset! Final quarter, five thirty to go. Cameron kicks a goal. The Lions lead it by two. Mm-hmm. Cameron Maynard, Maynard, Cameron, Quainer, Cameron, Cameron, Cameron goes it. Charlie Cameron, what a finish that is! And I remember thinking the whole way through calling the game, you don't get much time to think about it, but you think Collingwood's got this game. That like They seem to be in control. And I remember looking at Dars, he's pointing at the scoreboard, it's like, shit, Brisbane are in front here. Um, and then for me, Pendles to Dacos, who's midair when he flicks that hand pass out to Dugowie. And it's a, like he's across the body from nearly 50 to Goey. Here's Nick Dacos, oh. clever handball, got it to Dugowie. Quick reply coming up. Oh, Jordan Dugowie! You can't believe it. Lead change number 10. Collingwood hit the front. Goal aside, you stuck by him through some tough times. Um, and you really put your arm around him when the world was saying, you know, he's he's made a mistake overseas or whatever. Drop him, get rid of him. He should never play football again. The reactive world that we live in, which is the pylon. Tell me about your relationship with Jordan Ngoi. I'm I'm extremely proud of Jordy's growth as a human, and he's still a work in progress, as we all are. Uh, but I've never seen another a, a young man more comfortable in himself than now. Like. Yeah, this preseason he's had is he's well. I've never seen him have a preseason, so this is he's in great physical shape and mentally in a great place. Um, we're all on a journey of discovery, aren't we? Yes. Some just take it a little bit longer to do it, and, and we don't all do it under the public eye correct. in our twenty twenty three. Like this is the thing I don't understand. If I if I look at me and my mates, if we were under public scrutiny at age twenty three, we'd end up in the front page of the paper as well. Yeah. And we would have been... And the back page, how Yeah, and well, <laughs> no, nah, I, I wouldn't have been the back page. I think it would have been more the front page, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, and that's, we understand it, the, the competitive sport and, you know, the attention that this state in particular gives. And, um, yeah, I, I'm just I'm just wrapped that we, we did wrap our arms around him and we did 
bring him closer than not push him away. Um, and we and we allow people to make mistakes and grow instead of make mistakes and go over there and you can't be here anymore. Um, but that's an evolution of us as an organisation too. We have, we have evolved how we handle things. Um, we trust a bit more maybe than once we once prior. Um, but there, there, there has to be accountability to this too. They can't be just like, oh, mm. you know, you can just make mistakes and that's okay. That's not what we're saying. Like, I've used the analogy before. I don't, yeah, if my kids, I don't condone everything they do, but I'll love them. And that's, and that's the way we want to treat our people, that you'll make mistakes and we'll have to have accountability to some certain things. But at the end of the day, we sit down and have dinner together and we you know, you know, sit around and tell each other what we're grateful for. We love and support each other. So then, so that's that's the essence of the environment we're creating, um, but it's never finished and it's always moving, isn't it? There's a, there'll be another version of it somewhere mm. that we're going to have to wrap our arms around someone and then show accountability and educate and move on. That's it's just forever. Fifty meter penalty to steal side bottom. I guess he's fifty three out. Do you think he can kick the goal? No, from there? no. On the bench, where <laughs> we're sort of having a giggle. There's no chance. Do you think he'll pass it? Do you think he'll kick it to the top of the square? Oh. So Geez, he flushed it, didn't he? Oh. Absolutely flushed it. Um, post high. Yeah. How many seconds are on the clock? When Four minutes 30 to go after he kicks that from memory. So how is that How is that last four minutes? Um, like, well, Danaher kicks that goal. McClug in centering block. If they take a moment, oh. they can. Joe plays on. He plays on. Joe Danaher kicks it. Clock ticks. Four-point margin. Clock stops at 1.33. Can um, I just can yeah, I say, like, you know those 2.7 points, 4 points yes. that you talked about? Yeah. We learned so many lessons in that time mm. about how much time we could save. With the ball. With the ball and how much time is too much time. Anything over six minutes, very hard to, to stop a team from scoring okay. and maintain the game. In essence, without giving too much weight, two to three minutes is about the ballpark that you can maybe control the game without anyone scoring, Maybe. It's very difficult. Um, so we're, we're watching clock and minutes, but then we've learned how to kill seven seconds, 11 seconds. We've learned, you know. Little chunks. We value time so much. We started off playing the minutes. That was at Metra. We ended up playing the seconds. And what happens when there's 1.35 on the clock and Danny kicks the goal and they're a kick away from winning the grand final? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's that level of uncertainty, but then there's a level of trust. Just get the, get the job done. Go and execute. Players are so well driven. You know where you need to be. You know what's required. We've done it X amount of times. Go do it. And so that we just have to do the plan. And the siren sound. Siren! The king to the close finish and the king to the AFL. Collingwood of Premiers for the 16th time by four points in one of the great grand finals. Great days you'll see at the MCG. Joy. Yeah, um, surreal feeling. Like you just don't, you can't put it to words. It's just <sighs> craziness, craziness. And then you don't realise what you've done until you see the smiles on people's faces and then they see the tears and then you see your family. It just all just comes, comes to you like, wow, this is, yeah, incredible. You just actually said to me that you have to go in and tell some young men that their future is not with the Collingwood Football Club. 
How do you wake up in the morning knowing you're doing that? Well, it was hard last night knowing that we've made a decision around what that looks like. Um, heavy heart, uh, try to put myself in their shoes and then, yeah, just, I think you've got to go straight to the point. Don't mess around with it. You've got to tell them what's happening, but then try to offer some form of love and support while you're doing it. Difficult, difficult to do. Um, we always finish this the same way. And being a teacher and a father, you will understand the way to this question. You've had an incredible journey, Craig, and congratulations with everything you've achieved. And it's a brilliant podcast. People are going to love it. You didn't like talking about yourself, but you did an amazing job. Um, for those youngsters that are growing up that want to achieve success in their field, whether it's sport, the arts, entertainment, science, what advice would you give them that you've picked up along the way? Oh, so much. Weighty question, huh? It is. It's a heavy one. Um, never quit. Never quit anything. Be prepared to struggle to succeed. Dream big and set goals um, and have fun doing it and be grateful for what you've got because it's not always going to be there, is it? It's a great answer. I appreciate your time. Um, I mentioned earlier on you've brought fun to footy, which from the outer and when you're commentating, it's great to watch. May there be many more 21st-style runouts from your football club, mate. Congratulations, and may there be much more success for you in Collingwood, and I appreciate your time um, and your ability to talk about yourself when you weren't always comfortable. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Now, as I said at the start, there's a man you would love to have coaching your kids. Thanks to Craig for telling his story, something that he's not that comfortable doing, but what a story it is, and he did a beautiful job of telling it. The old motto that shines through time and time again on this show, if at first you don't succeed, well, that's Craig. Well done to MJ, Captain Collingwood, for not completely losing it when he met Craig in the studio, only half losing it. Until next time, with Ryan Pappenhausen, <laughs> peace and love. And we can do it if we try, try, try. If we try, try, try. If we try, try, try. try.